You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Um, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in, in me, you'll bear much fruit, is the thrust of what he says. So it tells us that if we, if we connect to Christ, if we connect to God, we will do more than we could ever do in our own strength. And so we talked about that last week. I emphasized how important that is. And this week I want to talk about grow and growing and uh, how many of you want to grow as a Christian this year? You want to grow more? Yes. Amen. Um, I think every one of us wants to become more like Christ. And uh, I was looking through the scriptures, and I went to Ephesians 4. And verse 14 and 15 give us kind of a, 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 a great foundation of what it is to grow as a Christian. It says, No longer be immature like children, or be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. And let me tell you something, that there's always new teachings coming along. There's always new philosophies. There's always something new. But if it's not from God, it's going to lead us astray. So it says, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So that helps us to understand that there are, there are lies that the devil will throw our way that are very similar to the truth, but they're lies. And they're clever. And so we have to continue to grow in the things of God so that we will discern those, we'll understand them. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is ahead of of the body, the church. The church is a body. That's who we are as Christians. We are the body of Christ. And our desire should be to grow more and more and more to be like Jesus. That should be every person's desire as a, as a child of God is we want to be more like Jesus at the end of the day than we were before we started the day. When we get out of bed, our desire should be we want to grow and be more like Christ. Amen? And that's something that the Holy Spirit places in us. Um, so I've got five points that I want to go through that I think are, are, are so important. They're growth areas. This should be something that we grow in constantly. Every year we should be continually growing in these areas so we can be more like Christ. The first, let me pray first of all. Father, thank you again for this first service. And we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that, that you be it in every aspect of, of, of this morning. As I preach your word, as always, we open up our hearts and our minds to whatever you have for us, Lord God. And I, I pray that as I, as I speak as your messenger, that the things that I say will, will be straight from you, Lord God, that they'll bring glory to your name. And that when we leave here, after this first service, that everyone will say, it has been good to be in God's house because we've learned how to grow in Christ. And so that's my prayer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So growth point number one 
is that we should want to grow in our time with God. How many of you believe that it's beneficial for our lives to spend a part of our day with the Almighty? The reality is, and, and it's amazing, Paul, when you were, when you were uh, receiving the offering, how you were talking about God wants to spend time with us. That is very scriptural. I had that in my notes. The reality is Jesus desires to spend time with each of us. In fact, in the book of Revelation, he's speaking to the church of Laodicea. And he says this, he says, Look, I have been standing at the door, and I am constantly knocking. If anyone hears me calling him and opens the door, I will come in and have fellowship with him and he with me. The Lord is standing at the door. Think about this. Jesus, he's standing at the door of our hearts and he's knocking. And sometimes we get so busy that we don't hear the doorbell. You ever been there? You have, have you ever had someone come to your house and they said, I went by, but, but no one answered the door. And, and maybe you were there. Maybe you were in your shop. Maybe you were in your room. You were, have, has someone ever came and, and you just didn't hear them knock on the door? You tell them, I was there, I, I was there. But, the, but the, they came by and you didn't hear the doorbell. Jesus says that he stands at the door of our lives. And he knocks. He initiates it. He makes the, he, he takes time out of his busy schedule. And I thought about this, you know, Jesus is pretty busy. I don't know if you realize this, but he's holding the world together. Amen? He, he's making sure that, that, that we breathe air. He's making sure that the ocean uh, uh, works out the way it's supposed to be. He's making sure that the oxygen levels stay where they need to be. He's pretty busy. And yet he's not too busy for us. He stands at the door and he knocks. Amen. He still has time in his schedule to knock on your door. Isn't that cool? What if this year you and I would take time out of our busy schedules and give him a minute? Me and Mike were talking this morning right before um, service and we were talking about some things that we're going through and, and I talked to him about uh, a me uh, watching a movie recently, uh, two days ago, and, and the Lord just really ministered to me through that movie. And, and I got to see how priorities, sometimes we, we take them out of whack. And, and, and I, have to, I have to tell you this, that I cried like a baby for about 20 minutes. I, I'm not a crier. I don't have that gift. I love to cry. I think it's good for us. It's very therapeutic. But I don't cry very much. And uh, uh, for about 20 minutes... After that movie ended, and right before it was ending, it, it, it just, the Lord just ministered to my heart, and I was just crying because I had all my priorities wrong. And then I went from, from, from my, my lazy boy chair, which is, I, I love that chair. <laughs> I went from that chair to bed. Sean had already gone to bed, and, and, uh, and, and so I went to bed, and, and, I, and I remained there in bed, and I bawled for about 10 more minutes. I just cried and cried, and I didn't cry like that since I was a kid. 
And I'm just saying, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for, for the pressure that I put on my children, my young adults. And, and I don't want to ever, you know, uh, put false expectations on them that, 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 that they don't need. And, and, and the Lord just started ministering to me. And, 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 and I, I really sensed that he was waiting for me to come to that place and spend some real time with him. Mike, Mike West prayed a prayer today. He said, we don't come out of pretense. We're not, we're not coming to you praying, pretending. It's not religious prayer. It's a heartfelt prayer. And I just, I talked to God and I cried and it was the best thing I've ever done in a long time, in a long time. Do you think that the Almighty would want to inconvenience any of us? Do you think that God wants to take time out of our schedule and, and inconvenience us? You know, another translation says that He desires to dine with us. In other words, He wants to take us to dinner. Paul, again, in his in his in his receiving the offering he talked about how how um that we need to eat we need to partake of uh spiritual food and 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 god wants for us to spend time with him so that he can feed our soul you know during the holidays we feed our (laughs) we feed our faces we stuff our stomachs i'm speaking for myself but God wants to feed our soul. He wants to feed our spirit. He, he wants to dine with us. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I usually have, have dinner with people that I want to spend time with. I have dinner with people I enjoy being around. You ever thought about that? When, when someone invites you to dinner, it's because they want to hang out with you. They want to spend time. There's more to dinner than eating. That's why it's so important for families to sit down together to eat because there's more to dinner than eating. What's going on today? How was your day? Think about that. And Jesus says he wants to dine with us. He wants to sit with us and he wants to ask us, how was your day? Lord, it was horrible. It was horrible. I got... Got this coworker. They're a pain in the room. <laughs> he wants to hear about that. He wants to. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to enjoy us, and he wants for us to enjoy him. What happens to us is we get so busy that we 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 make a little bit of time, maybe, in our day, instead of saying, "I'm going to be initial." Intentional. I'm going to be intentional about making some time for you. And, and, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone. As pastors, we, we get so busy helping people that we sometimes forget Jesus. <laughs> Amen? As, as the People of God, sometimes we get so busy that we, 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 we forget, we, we don't make time for, for the Almighty. And He wants to have dinner with us. And when you leave that, 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 that sitting with Him, that, that sitting, standing, kneeling, whatever you want to call it, you will always leave full. 
You'll live spiritually full. God desires to dine with us because he desires to be our friend. I've got good friends. I've got good friends. I've got some that maybe hate my guts. But I've got people that I can call good friends. And you can say that about your life. You know? But the best friend that I have is God. The best friend that I have is Jesus. The Bible says, God will surely do this for you, for he always does just what he says. And he is the one who invited you into this wonderful friendship with his son, even Christ our Lord. God is the one. God the Father has invited you into this wonderful friendship with his son. It's like, it's like the Father said, I want to introduce you to someone. And there's no greater person than the one I'm going to introduce you to. This is my son, Jesus. And, and we have this friendship. We have this fellowship with him. Isn't that amazing? And when we spend time with God, there are so many benefits. Here, here's what, I, what I, I want us to grab a hold of. If you grow in this area, if you spend time with God, you will give your devotion to God. Every time that you take one minute, one minute, one minute of your day, and you, and you spend it with God, what you're saying is, I am giving you my devotion. And if you spend one minute, you will get direction from God. Just spending one, just spending 30 seconds more a day, every day with God, you will get direction from Him. The other thing is you learn to delight in God. I I, I delight in spending time with my wife. I love spending time with Shauna. I love spending time with Mike. I love spending time with Paul. I love Nano. We've been out golfing before. I love, we need to go golfing, Nano. I love spending time with you. There's people in here, I, you know, I love spending time. But can I tell you when, you, when you spend time with people, you begin to delight in that. You look forward to it. Think about this with, with Jesus. You spend time with him, you're going to delight. I, wait a minute, I, I have to, sorry guys, I can't do this. I, I have to go spend time with someone real special. You begin to spend time with God. Have you, have you done that lately? Would you want to grow in that area? I, I see, I see people, you know, I'm, we're going to be having a baby pretty soon. You know, there's a grandbaby going to be coming into the Reese family. And that's going to be maybe the greatest, probably the greatest thing that's ever happened since Jesus came to the earth, you know. <laughs> Almost. You know, some of you grandparents, you know where I'm, I'm coming from. But, but here's the reality. You know, we delight in that. But how much more the Savior? How much more the Savior? You know, we spend time with, with we delight. See, what happens to us is we, we want the tangibles, but you cannot make God tangible until you spend time with Him. By faith. Are you with me? Because he's, he's not tangible. You can't, you can't grab a hold. That's why people sometimes they put statues and they pray to statues because they want something tangible. But God is greater than that. That statue will fall and break. 
God, God is holding the whole universe in its, in its place. And we go through him through Jesus. We can delight in that. And the, the last thing, as we spend time with God, we become more like Christ. Think about it. Whoever you hang out with is how you're going to act. If I hang out with someone that, that says the F-bomb every single five minutes or this 30 seconds, you will begin to say the F-bomb. If you do that all the time, if you're there, if you talk with people that are positive, you're going to begin to be, you will become positive, I guarantee it. If you hang out with people that, that do well with their finances, you will learn how to become well with your finances. It just happens that way. If you spend time with God, you will be like Christ. If you, if you don't want to live a, a depressed life, if, how, many, how many people live down and out all the time or, or down and out a lot of the time? If you don't want to be down and out, spend time with God. You grow in this area. You, be, you start walking with God. You start spending time with Him. It'll change your existence. It'll change the way you think about yourself. Remember that he's standing at the door and all we have to do is let him in. He's already at the door. He's already there. All we have to do is say, Lord, I want to spend some time with you. Point number two is you read your Bible. There are so many benefits to reading your Bible. So many benefits. You know, as you read, you begin to memorize his words. I was thinking about this, and, and the thought that came to me is, do you, do, you, do, you remember, do you remember a loved one that you haven't seen for a while? I remember my dad at times. There's times that, that, that I just think about my dad. He's, 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 he's been dead for about, um, he's been, he went to be with the Lord, let's put it that way. About five years, and, and so maybe more. And, uh, and, and I think about my dad. I, there, 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 there are times, not all the time, but there are times that I think about him, and I remember his words. His, his words, they're stored in my memory. And I remember what he said. Can I tell you that when you read your, your Bible, you place God's word in your memory? When, when, you, when you read the word of God, you, those, those words are placed in your memory. And then you begin to understand, this is what God said to me. Have you ever been with someone and they say, you know, the Lord spoke this to me through his word? You ever, you ever said that yourself? The Lord spoke to me through his word and he said this. It's because you're reading your Bible. The Bible says that He says to us, obey me and live. He said, guard my words as your most precious possession. Write them down and also keep them deep within your heart. I keep keep some of the words that my dad has said deep down in my heart. John Reese is very special to me. But I keep the word of God really deep down in my heart. Because the word of God helps me. It, it strengthen, strengthens me. It encourages me. It gives me wisdom. You know, it, this year, if you memorize one scripture verse or one passage that you didn't know last year, you'll grow in the Lord. 
If there's one verse, if there's one passage that you can memorize, that you can remember this year more than what you did last year, young man, let me tell you, if you can do that, it will change your life. You will grow in the Lord. I got to make a call. No, I don't, want, I don't need to make a call, but what I, want, I want to illustrate something because, you know, God's work, word, it makes us wise in our decision-making. How many of you believe that? That God's word will help us when we make decisions? How, how many of us have been in, 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 a, in a place in our lives where it just seems dark? It just seems, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what direction to take. And, 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 and we need light. We need direction. How many of you know that if you're walking in the dark, you're probably going to trip and stumble? Anyone ever uh, been going to the bathroom at night and someone, someone could be your wife, it could be, you know, it doesn't have to be, but it could be. They put something on the floor that was never there in that path. And how many of you know that when you're going to the bathroom, it, first of all, you don't want to go, but you have to go because if you don't, there'll be an accident. And it will not be a pleasant night's sleep. Amen? Unless you wear a diaper or a pamper. That's another story. Okay. But, but, so you, you get up and you go to, you, you're walking to the bathroom and, and, and you don't want to trip. But that's how life is. In, in life, we have to make decisions and we don't want to trip. And the Bible says that your word, his word, is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now, what would happen? Just, just pretend. What would happen if, if someone turned off the lights right now? The lights just went off. What, what would happen? I, I mean, it would, can you see me? Well, here's the thing. I've got this wonderful phone that, that I can just scroll up and then I can press this right here and it brings this wonderful little light. It's not super bright, but it's bright enough so that I won't trip over this keyboard or trip over these speakers. And then I might even say, you know, can you see me? And you say, no, pastor, you're a little bit on the, you know, dark side. So I'll go, well, can you see me now? And, you know, not can you hear me now, but can you see me now? The, the reality is that's how we are with God's word. You see, we live in a, we live in a dark world. Are you with me? And um, in this dark world, there are times that we make... We have to make decisions, and, and if you don't make decisions with God's word, it can lead to some destruction. Amen? If you make one decision based on God's word this year, you've grown in your faith. See, I have a lot of people that will tell me different things. I have people that will say, I feel this, or I feel that. I, I just feel this, Pastor. I, I feel... I feel that I don't love this person anymore. Uh, you know, she's my wife or she's, he's my husband. I just don't love him anymore. Well, that's your feeling. But God's word says that we can tap into his resources and, and find love and choose to love. Amen? 
See, you can feel all you want, but if your feeling does not line up with God's word, it can be dangerous. We've got the word of God to guide us, to direct us. When you're young, any young people in the house? Yeah. Peter, Peter's still trying to figure out, am I young or old? Or <laughs> do I want to be here? Or? You know, when you're young, you need the Bible. The Bible is not just for old people. It's, it's for everybody. In fact, the Bible says, how can a young person stay pure? How can a young person stay pure? That's a question that people are trying to figure out. The Bible says, by obeying your word. And the only way that we can obey God's word, the only way that we can walk in the attributes of God is if we know God's word. And the only way we know God's word is if we read God's word and we need to grow in God's word. There was a young person in our church, and I, I texted him this, this week because I, I was going through Facebook, and I, and I saw his post on Facebook. He's in college at NAU, and uh, he came through our youth group, and, and, and he put this post, and I thought it was so amazing. He put, it's funny to look back four years and think about my faith then compared to now. My relationship with Jesus has grown so much and there's still more growing I need to do. See, this is, this is real right here. And the reason that this young person who has gone from our youth group and, and grown up in the church, and here's the thing, that when he started to come to the church, his parents didn't even come to church. And he came to church, and because of that, his parents started to come to church. He became an example for his parents. And he is, in the four years, he has grown, and he has grown in different areas. And the reason he has is because he has allowed the Word of God to become real. The Bible helps every person, every age, to resist temptation. Any one of us ever been tempted? It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You read the word, it, it goes into your mind, it goes into your heart. Can I tell you something? For those of you that, that don't like to read, is there anyone, you don't have to raise your hand, that you just don't like reading? Can I tell you that now you can get the Bible on audio? And I think that's a wonderful thing that when you're driving to, to work, when you're driving to the mall, when you're driving to pick up your kids at school, you can put it on and you can listen to the Word of God. And it, becomes to, it begins to go into your mind and into your heart. And you hide it in your heart so you won't sin against God. Point number three, growth point number three in, in, in how we can grow is Prayer. How many of us in here would love to grow in prayer? I think it's probably one of the hardest disciplines to do, and, and we call it a discipline because it takes time. You've you got you to gotta take time out of your day to pray. Here are three things that will help you grow every year in your prayer life, and it comes from Matthew 6. Okay? The first thing that will help you grow is be real. Be real. Going to God, 
you don't have to change your personality from talking to other people. The way I talk to Shauna, the way I talk to Bobby, well, those are different sometimes. Just saying. But the way I talk to them in my language is the same way that God wants for me to talk to him. I said that over and over. You don't have to change your lingo. You're just talking to God. He knows us. He made us. Amen? So be real. The people of Jesus' day, they looked at the religious leaders of their day as a model of prayer. And Jesus said, don't be like that. Jesus told his disciples, don't be like that. Just be real. Be yourself. And then he says this in chapter 6, verse 5. He says, when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corner to be seen by others. Last week I mentioned that we pray in church, but can I tell you, we can pray everywhere we go. I said we pray in church because the reality is when people come to the house of God, they they should be expecting that we're going to pray. Amen? But, as the people of God, it doesn't matter where we go, we can pray. And when we pray, God wants us to be real. The second thing is be relaxed. When you pray, first of all, be real. The second thing is be relaxed. Have you ever gotten all tense when it's time to pray? God. I don't know what to say. Amen. Just relax. Chill. Just chill. Jesus tells us when you pray, go into your room. Close the door. See, the the reason he's saying this to his disciples is because the the norm was that they went to the synagogue to pray. They went to the temple. They, when they weren't around, they, they'd go, they, they wouldn't pray. They would just go there. He says, you know what? Just chill. You don't have to say these, these elaborate prayers in front of people to hear you. Don't be like that. Chill. Relax. Go into your room. Sit down. Kneel down. Lay down. Whatever, wherever you're at at that place. And go before God and talk to him. He said, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Isn't that amazing? Now your prayer, your room may be your car. You're driving to work. You're driving after you take the kids to school because you need prayer after you take the kids to school. But see what they. You know, that just means behave. See what the And so you just you just you can spend the time in your in your car by just praying with God. See, in, in Lordsburg we used to have this word, we used to say chillax. That's chill and relax together. Chillax. Chill and relax at the same time. And just go to God and, and be who you are. And the third thing that you can, you can really grow if you do these three things. The third thing is be revealing. Be revealing. We can't hide things from God, and most of the time we can't even hide things from people. Because it all surfaces. Have you ever tried to hide something and then someone, someone says, hey, I hear you're doing this, huh? 
How did you know? <laughs> right? And we certainly can't hide things from God. And you don't have to go on and on. I love this. This is when I when I read this, I, I was like, "Yes, Lord." Because have you ever heard someone say, "Why well, went and I spent an hour with God? I went and I spent two hours with God." And I was like, "Huh?" You ever you ever thought like that? Come on, first service. I mean, you go in and you start praying, and you you know, ten minutes have gone by, and you're like, "Lord, I don't know what else to say." I mean, you're probably pretty busy, anyways, right? And you, you're thinking, you, you repeat the same thing over and over. No, God doesn't even want you to do that. Look what he said. Jesus said, when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans. That's all it sounds like to God when you, you know, like Mike when he's giving the connection card. Some of you guys hear Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> Please fill out your connection card. He's saying, please fill out your connection card. You guys are hearing, bah, bah, bah. Then he comes back, he says, man, dude, you're in for one today. You think, you think the Lord maybe feels that way sometimes? Because he said it right here. Do, you know, the pagans, those are people that don't have Christ, those that don't have God, you know, they'll pray. And they, I mean, they're thinking, they're praying these, I mean, I spent four hours with God. Standing on my head. And, and Jesus says, when you pray, don't keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. And before you even came, He, he already knows. Lord, <laughs> you know what I'm going through. You know that husband that you gave me. He knows that. That wife that you gave. <laughs> and then, he, and then he, he goes on right after that. He teaches us how to pray. He says, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, Father, you're in heaven. You reign supreme and you're hallowed. You're holy. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Simple. Father, your kingdom come. In other words, you establish your way. Your will be done in my life as it is in heaven where everyone worships you, where the angels go before you and they worship you. Lord God, let my life exemplify that. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Here in my life. Here in Oracle, on earth as it is in heaven. You can make it yours. And give me this day my daily bread. That's simple right there. Give me, provide for my needs. Thank you for my job, Lord. Thank you that you've given me a job. And because of that job, I can go to the grocery store and buy a sandwich. Orale. I can buy a burrito too. Thank you. You provide, provide my daily bread. And notice, uh, God doesn't... He, Jesus, when he t- teaches us to pray, he doesn't say, you know what, Lord, thank you for this, this huge uh, amount that I have. And that's, it's good to have that, but thank you for today. Because that's, that can fail me, but you won't. Thank you for my daily bread. Forgive me my sins. That's simple. That's simple for me because I sin. I fall short of the glory of God. 
Forgive me my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. Man, if you do that every day, think about it. Father, forgive me because today I wasn't real nice to Shauna. Forgive me for that, Lord God. As I forgive those who sin against me, Lord, she wasn't really nice to me, and I forgive her too. Do you, hear, do you see the, 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 the way he teaches us to pray? And then he goes on and he says, lead me not into temptation. In other words, Lord, don't let me be tested beyond my ability to escape. And the Bible says that he always will open up a window for us as a way of escape. Let me recognize the way of escape. In other words, if you're, if you're going to work and, 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 and you're married and, and you're a male and you're going to work and some, some woman is giving you attention... What you say, baby? No, don't do that. Flee. Flee. And we all face those different temptations. You know, sometimes in our finances, as, as husbands and wives, sometimes we're not honest about things like that. But, you know, the Bible says, you know, don't, there's going to be testing. Father, lead me not into temptation where, I won't, where I'll keep things away from my husband or from my wife. Are you with me? And then he says at the very end, deliver me from the evil one. Always recognize that the devil is in every aspect of our life trying to destroy us. He's looking for an opportune time. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And then you end with this, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory, now and forever. You, you, you solidify that he's God. How long did that take? Not, not very long. I mean, you, we prayed the prayer God wants us to pray. Now, if we can grow in that area, be real, be relaxed, chillax, and be revealing, and use the Lord's prayer as a model. In other words, don't become where you, know, you have to pray this. Jesus was not saying pray like this all the time. He's saying this is the way you pray. This is the manner in which you pray. Give him glory. Let his will be done in your life. Acknowledge him as the, 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 the supreme in authority. Acknowledge that he provides your, your substance to, to live. Admit that you're a sinner and you need him to forgive you your sins. Confess your sin to him and confess. And then also forgive other people's sins. Acknowledge that you need him for your power to overcome temptation. And then acknowledge that the devil will be under your feet if Jesus is a part of your life. Are you with me? Growth point, point number four. Giving. Who wants to be a more generous person this year? I know I do. We really know when we're growing when it impacts our pocketbook. But when you put God's kingdom first with your material blessings, it will change your heart. The Bible puts it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It says, but since you excel in everything, you excel in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. He said, don't let that, don't that, don't let that lack. Beloved, God desires that we grow in our generosity. I was reading this week 
Um, and I came across this in my uh, leadership. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a leadership article that comes to pastors, but it's actually from People Magazine. And it, the title is, Two Cracker Barrel Customers Bless a Waitress. Waitress. Let me read it to you. According to People Magazine, two customers walked into Lincoln, Nebraska, Cracker Barrel, and asked to be seated with the grumpiest server they had. You ever done that? Give me the grumpiest server that you have. The restaurant host replied that there were no grumpy servers in the restaurant, but they did have a happiest server, 18-year-old Abigail Sailors. After seating the two patrons, after seating, the two patrons listened to Sailor's life story, which included a mother incapacitated. In in wait. That word looks real hard to me, and I know it's not that hard. Inca incapacitated. That's what it is. I, incapacitated. Thank you. By a car crash, a father incarcerated for abuse and a horrible foster care experience for herself and her four siblings. She finally found a forever home with John and Susie Sailors about five years ago. Sailors currently attends, a North Dakota, um, attends North Dakota's Trinity Bible College where she majors in psychology and youth ministry and participates in basketball. But she admitted to her guests that she wasn't sure how she could afford the next semester since she was paying her own way. She said, I'm just thankful. Everything went through. My attitude is, God blessed me with a lot of things. I'm doing good. That's all that matters to me. And one of the customers, who was a Trinity alumni, as it turns out, then proceeded to write a check to sailors for $5,000 for tuition. And another $1,000 for books and supplies. And then left her a $100 tip. So they gave her $6,100 as a tip. Thank God. You know, here, here's the thing is that when, when they walked into the restaurant, this waitress never imagined that she would ever realize what just happened to her. And because of their generosity, they changed a young lady's life. Now, I know that most of us are not going to go into a restaurant and leave a $6,100 tip. But we can always be a blessing. And we could always grow in the things of God. Maybe this year you can begin to give for the first time. Then you will be growing. Or maybe this year you begin to give more, con more consistently. Or, or maybe this year you take it up a notch because God continues to bless you materially. I had someone come to me probably three weeks ago and they, they, they said, Pastor, I want to talk to you. I just want to say this to you. He said, um, first of all, and he didn't have to say this to me, but he, but he chose to. He said, first of all, I, I, I haven't, we have not given to the year end, but we're, we're going to do that. And God has really blessed us immensely this year. And I just want you to know that I want to start giving more. I said, brother, that's between you and God. That has nothing to do with us. And so here's the thing. The Lord, as you're generous, he begins to give and give and give and give. And that's not why we give. We give because he's worthy. Amen. Whatever it is, it's between you and God, and he will bless you for your generosity. Look at what Proverbs says. It says, The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. And I think that's the way we need to live our lives. We need to always be thinking, Lord God, it's all about you, and that's why we give. Point number five, fellowship. 
We need God and we need each other. Amen? I need God, but I also need people of God to be in my life. Galatians puts it like this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is a wonderful place for you to grow. In fact, maybe there's someone in your circle at work or at school who needs a friend. And anyone that you know that might need someone to come along and love on them? Maybe this year you'll connect to, a regular, to regular church attendance. Maybe you'll participate in a life group. That's exactly how the first Christians did it. It goes like this in Acts chapter 5. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. In other words, in the big service and in the small service. There are two types of church meetings. Okay? Two types of church meetings. Large groups, Sunday mornings. Now, this is incredible right here. Because on Sunday mornings, every time that we dismiss the children, we have what is a meet and greet. And it's very difficult for me to get you guys back in your seats. That's wonderful. You know why? Because you guys are fellowshipping. You're talking. You're getting to know each other. But here's the thing that the other type of church meeting is a small group. And at Living Word Chapel, we call them what? Life groups. Where we do life together. And in life groups, you, you really get to know each other. You really get to know people like you never have before, and you build relationships. So at Living Word Chapel, that, that's something that's so important to us, that we grow in those areas. We grow in that we make consistent church attendance a priority, because that's when we hear the Word of God being preached. That's when we come together collectively and we worship God. You, can I tell you something, beloved? I was looking out there when, whenever um, uh, Mike... Uh, uh, West came up and led the pastoral prayer and as he prayed this prayer and he said let's just raise our hands I saw, I saw you guys lifting your hands I, I, I looked at everybody and everyone was lifting their hands in praise to God together do you know how wonderful that is to the Lord together a worship service and then when we get together in small groups we also worship God together and we grow together each one will help you grow in fellowship. So there are many ways for you to grow this year. Time with God. Just make some time. Reading your Bible. If you can read one more verse than you did last year, you've grown. Prayer. Prayer, remember, be real. Be relaxed and be revealing. You can grow in your giving and you can grow in fellowship. Amen? Let's all bow our heads. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.